Okay, we'll see if this works. Howdy, folks. Brian Brushwood here. Thanks for giving me a call. If you're calling to book me for a stage magic show, a keynote speaking event, or any other stage performance, press 1. If you're making this call during a live online show and you want to participate live on the air, press 2. If you're making this call because you're a fan of Scam School and you just really want to know whether or not Brian Brushwood answers his own cell phone, you can treat yourself to a delightfully awkward conversation by pressing 3. Be warned, I'm probably out on a run or something, so I'll be out of breath. A better option may be to leave me a voicemail message that will be sent directly to my inbox, and I will listen to it by pressing 4. Now we're pressing 3. Please hold while we connect your call to... Brian Brushwood, and yes, it really is Brian Brushwood. (laughs) Hello, this is Brian. (laughs) Brian, uh, Tom from Albums Podcast, how are you? Hey, Tom, how are you doing, man? Yeah, good, good, good. So... Brian, the concept of this podcast is me and my friend Tim, we realised that we didn't listen to albums anymore. It was just playlists. We need an excuse to get together. We'll listen to some albums and hopefully hear some stuff we haven't heard before like uh, we did when we were teenagers. So I wanted to hit you up and see if you had a recommendation. Well, I've got a couple. Like My answer to what album would I pitch will be different if I want you to have a good time versus if I want to tell you an album I like. So the actual rules are the album has to be something that you would listen to from start to finish and not skip any songs. You know, it's that album that you're busy, you're doing something, and you stick on. And it's that default album. And it's also that album that if you had to give somebody a recommendation, like, no, you've just, you just have to listen to this whole album. It's that album. That's the one we're sort of after. Okay, I have a very, very weird pick for you then. If you don't mind an esoteric pick. No, um, not at all. I think I can offer uh, a perspective you would not have expected. Um, By the way, we're not doing the podcast right now, are we? Yeah, it's a cold call. It's a cold open, inspired by a night attack. (laughs) Is it really? Yeah. Brian, I don't know if you... awesome. I I don't know if you remember. So I sent you placebo bands years ago. Oh, my God, it's that Tom. How are you? I'm, I'm really good. Okay, well, if, if we're recording this, then, then, then let, let, let me give you my suggestion. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, go. Okay, so the very first compact disc that I bought was Sex Packets by Digital Underground by the, uh, uh, may you rest in peace, uh, Shakti, who uh, recently died of an overdose of uh, 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 the opioid that is killing everyone, whatever that is. Um, but uh, uh, it is best known for starting with the single of Humpty Dance. But that album is comprised almost entirely of uh, either original music or uh, samples from George Clinton, 70s era, uh, Parliament and Funkadelic samples. Yes, that are made yes. Into entire song. This is going to be amazing. He, they, they explore the themes. It starts with a, 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 the perfect wedding album single, uh, uh, and it goes into exploring uh, uh, the idea of drug overdoses uh, and, and about how, uh, it, which ironically would be how Chachi passes. But then the, it later goes into essentially a science fiction alternate reality where during where they propose that during the Vietnam era, a highly potent hallucinogen uh, that that uh, in pill form would allow people to have their sexual fantasies realized and there are there are <laughs> light-hearted tracks about uh, uh, in which people try to sell them to other people it's it's bonkers it's, it's if you think about it as a conceptual 
sci-fi uh, uh, hip-hop album. It's unreal, especially when you realize that it came out, I think, in 88 or 89. Wow. That Yeah, okay. That well, that's it. We're doing that one. Okay, good. If you're as passionate about that as you as you clearly are, then uh, we're at least going to find something to talk about. That's that's incredible. Thank you so much. Oh my god, no, 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 it's crazy. There's an entire track in which there's a rapping blowfish. Somebody describes going underwater and encountering a blowfish who decides to explain to him what a good rapper he is. Uh, it's kind of you know very risque and offensive, uh, but also high concept of it's it's. Yeah, I, I'm going to re-listen to it now. In fact, <laughs> maybe we should loop back and have this conversation again uh, after uh, we both re-listen to uh, it. I would love that. I'll get Tim's take on it, and maybe we'll have a chat with you at the end. That'd be great, because my guess is you'll have questions, and I may have answers. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Now, is there anything that you need to plug, Brian? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm so excited about season two of World's Greatest Con coming out. Um, season one, if you missed it, was a single story in four different chapters, each one revealing a different aspect of uh, psychological backdoors, conistry, magic, and deception. Uh, uh, season two is going to be an anthology of five different tales that uh, uh, all based in the world of TV game shows. Uh, we're very, very excited about it. I think you're going to dig it a lot. Uh, no, that's that's awesome. World's Greatest Con, so good. My wife, who doesn't listen to Great Night or Weird Things, or like that's not her jam, but she loved World's Greatest Con. She was like, when's the next episode coming out? So I'm sure she'll love Series 2. It really is kind of the best of all worlds. It draws on 25 years of touring, uh, tall tales from Brian that are – completely legitimate uh, insights into the world of deception. It, it seems to be, as best I can tell, the best podcast anything I've ever done. Wow, that's saying a lot. I mean, like, Brian, yeah. uh, the, <laughs> the reason I do a podcast might be because of you. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Dude, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, well, uh, speaking of podcasts, uh, I actually have to go launch the new episode of My Rogue. Okay, so, uh, look, um, I'll let you go. Uh, yeah, let, let me know whatever I can do. So good to talk to you, Brian. Dude, of course, of course. Awesome. Uh, all right, well, here, I'm, I'm going to let you go, but uh, but uh, can't wait to hear it. Awesome. All right, thanks, Brian. Bye. All right, see you, bud. Bye. Hey, do you like albums? I like albums. This is albums. And this week, it is the 1990 release. Digital Underground. Hi, I'm Tom. Hi, I'm Tim. Hey. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh every time. Uh, it's just good. It's like we're two Muppets. Pretty much, yeah. 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 Uh, sex packets. Sex packets. Uh, it wasn't wrong. No. It's weird as shit. It's weird <laughs> as shit. It's fantastic. <laughs> My God, what a, what a discovery this album's been. Thank you very much for uh, the suggestion. Um, oh, what's his name? Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Don't do that. You'll get offended. <laughs> Brian Brushwood suggested sex packets. Uh, for me, that was awesome because I've been a fan for a long time. Tens of years. Not tens of. like Ten of years. Ten of years plus some extras. Yep. Tim knows of Brian through me. That's so, right. <laughs> <laughs> Although I would argue that ten years ago you both looked very similar. Oh really? Yeah, similar look. Yeah, that's yeah, nice. yeah. Especially because he was spiking his hair up. Ah, uh, when you were. That's doing right. A similar thing. I'll, I'll absolutely take that because he's, he's not a bad looking man. And, uh... 
His, his charm and wit goes a long way, so, uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll take that for sure. But sex packets, like, okay, so Brian said this was the first CD he ever bought. Do you know the first CD you ever bought? I was trying to think what the first one I bought was. The first CD I ever got, I actually won in a hot metal magazine, which is now Australian uh, metal magazine, and uh, it was Mortal Sins, Face of Despair, because they just brought out their new album, and um, that was the first, and I won this CD, got sent to my house, didn't have a CD player. I won something through uh, Hot Metal. Yep. And uh, they spelt my name wrong and didn't send it to me. Oh, man. Thinking about that now, there could have been somebody else. My last name's pretty distinctive, and they, like, <laughs> it's Croucher. Uh, they announced the winner, Mr. T. Croncher. <laughs> <laughs> So I was sure it was me, but I never received the prize. Oh man, denied! It was ACDC album actually. Yeah, yeah, like a like a greatest hits or something. Oh, fantastic! Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I digress. No, I don't remember the first CD I got. Pretty sure I had a CD player by yeah. the time I bought a CD. Yeah. Just thinking now, it's probably Megadeth. It wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. More than likely. More than likely. <laughs> yeah, I think I was, yeah, no, definitely it was probably like Countdown to Extinction or something. Yeah, I reckon I got it from Southern Sound and paid like $36 for it or something. Oh, uh, man, we just got screwed. The whole of Australia got yeah. screwed with, with CD prices. Absolutely. Yeah, parallel importing, it was a whole thing. Anyway, right, sex packets. Sex packets. <laughs> sex packets. It's, oh, wow. There is so much history behind this band. Completely unaware of it, I think. I had seen the Humpty Dance. Yeah, no, you were ahead of me on that one because as soon as it was mentioned, it was like, oh, the Humpty Dance. Like, I have no idea what you're going on You'd about. never seen the Humpty nah, Dance. I missed That's it, That's a man. classic. Oh, it is now. Oh, I understand right. why too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's do the history if we can a little bit. Digital Underground formed in 1989. 89, yeah. Headed by Shock G. Shock G. Shock G is, was the main driving force behind the outfit. Now, at this stage, they are legends. They are as big in some circles as Melly Mel and Grandmaster Flash and, like, their originators and uh, Run DMC. They, they were big. Yeah. They are really big. But it, it's a really interesting take that they had. Shock G, I think, was going to start off as, like, a more political thing. Absolutely. Like, like you think of sort of supporting the Black Panthers and, and that type of thing back then in the 80s, early 90s. When he saw sort of what Public Enemy and NWA were doing, he decided to take Digital Underground in a sort of more whimsical, funny angle. Pretty much the polar opposite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, he had his own mission statement with this one, and he did. He tried. I think there was a, a B-side to the first cassette because there seems to be a lot of B-sides that for this album that are only uh, released on the cassette versions, which, you know, no one's bloody heard before. Oh, right. Um, so... Underwater Rhymes, that was actually released in 89. Yeah. And that had a B-side, which was way more politically inspired. But he sort of had those two things together. He had Underwater Rhymes and he had, um, um, the name escapes me, but the second single on that and the B-side of that. And it was just, he tried to be political, just didn't fit with what he wanted to do. Yeah. Because so yeah, I think um, this album's quite eclectic. Absolutely. That would be one way of describing it. <laughs> Only one because... It, it, you can describe it in lots and lots of different ways. Oh, boys and girls, if you haven't had a listen to this album, you're in for a treat, I'll tell you what. The samples, the level of sampling is insane. Now, the album was produced and released before the landmark You Can't Sample Everything and Not Pay People 
oh, um, man. court case that happened around that. So it's in that open slather world where you could just sample anything. And, and boy, did Shock G go to town, I tell you. Yeah, a lot of it began in Shock G's head and then he basically sort of had the product and had to get the band together. So, yeah, yeah. he assembled his own cast for this album and – and there's live instruments on this as well, is, yeah, and they blend. You wouldn't know what's what. No, God. if you're if you know your P funk, yeah, you know your Parliament. Oh my God, you will you will you'll pick out uh, even if you don't know Parliament. Their stuff's been sampled and used so many times. You will you will pick out different phrases and stuff in uh, yeah. all the songs. Yeah. Heavily, heavily sampled. But the DJ work is superb on this album. Yeah, DJ Fuse did an amazing job tying it all together. Shock G did a lot of that work as well. Like. It's just, it, it turns out to be just an amazing producer as well. Mm-hmm. Talented musician, plays piano like a mofo. Like it was just. Oh, is that all his piano work? Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Because yeah, that, that there are some just, really lovely, like the um, jazz, inter- the, the new jazz, which 100%. is an interlude on the album. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh, he pieced together some amazing stuff. And yeah, and like you say, like, you know, one song's got like six parliament samples on it. And there's just stuff drawing back from everywhere, you know? Because they wanted it. They want it to be. They want it to be funkadelic. They wanted it to be that. Jesting lyrics and that larger than life characters and and yeah, it's just amazing what they've come up with. Well, that P Funk as an influencer, it's hard to get one as large as that because P Funk were larger than life. They had full spaceships that came down from the ceiling with their like, like they're a live show band. Some Parliament stuff can be tricky to listen to, sure, because it's long and it's repetitive because it's all music to be played live at a big concert oh, and they're having a big party. Yeah, and it's funk. The musicianship's fantastic. The music itself is awesome. <laughs> it's seventies party music, and it it's long and it's it can be a bit draining. It can be as well. Some but, of that, but like you say, I mean, so much of their you know they had they had the best players, they had the best jammers. There there was like eleven people going yeah, sick big, on stage because it's all it just a, a big jam. Yeah, it's mm. all just a big jam. And if you're trying to emulate that and flip it into something new at the time, which was commercial rap music, yeah, great. This is a excellent example of that. Absolutely, just. So well executed. Yeah, so many people have, have copied this sort of thing, but no one's done it. No one had done it like this. That's why no one could pigeonhole Digital Underground when they came out. It's like, what the hell are you? You know, and he, and he, and he says it so many times in his lyrics. It's like, what are you? Are you new school? Are you old school? Are you R&B? Are you hip-hop? What the hell are you, Bill? They do one of my favourite things is just calling out the criticisms before it happens. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> I'll like, beat you oh, to the punch. Yeah, yeah, I'll beat you to the punch. Yeah, sometimes I don't get it right, and sometimes yeah. I do sort of waffle on a bit. Like, it, like there's a seven minute song, and he's, <laughs> and he's, yeah, sometimes it does go on a bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely have content, content, content on this album. Every song is nearly seven minutes long. Just keeps going and going and bringing yeah. more samples in and out. And just when you think the song's done, no, nah, no, nah, we got more to go. You know, yeah. It's yeah, huge. Yeah. And some of it admittedly does drag, drag on a bit. Drags a bit. Yeah. 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 And it's not it's not the cool tracks though. No. And it's funny the way that, that this was put together. Like you say, they, they had B sides for single releases mm. and the order of the tracks on the album. Like I don't know. My my brain sort of goes a bit logical and then it's it's always a bit of a surprise to me to find out what was recorded first and what was recorded last and yeah. and yeah. then the track ordering on the album's completely different to what you might have thought how things would have gone. Like the Humpty Dance is the number one track on the album and it was recorded dead last, like so late that they already had the album artwork out and they didn't put Humpty on the album artwork. Yeah, right. Which they may have done had they not already produced the shot for the album. So, yeah, I just find that interesting. (laughs) It's not funny or anything. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's interesting. I mean, and they didn't lead with that single either. No, no. 
Do what? Well, do what you like was released that before was, the album, the year right. before. Yeah, yeah. The album, so it was. It was sort of a single, but it wasn't. But then you look at the video for "Do What You Like," mm. and I wonder if that was done after the album was released because it's got Humpty in it. It's, it's got, got it, yeah. It's got. Oh man, the concepts on this album are huge yes. and varied and and just weird. And uh, trying to work out a timeline is nigh on impossible. And right out of the gate, too. I'm pretty sure, like if you you look at them, the best time. With the biggest amount of people you've ever seen, you know, like these guys are party boys, massive. If and you even vaguely tangentially know your party movies from the late eighties, early nineties, <laughs> like do what you like, Scott Kid in it from Kid and Play. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. <laughs> I thought I saw LL Cool J in there. It probably was. Too. Oh, yeah. And speaking of people who have been in this collective, like the list on Wikipedia is something like twenty people long. Yeah, uh, but on the following album after this. Tupac was a member of Digital Underground. That's, That's right, where yeah. he started. Yeah. So yeah, wasn't he a rodeo? Basically, but he was a hype man. Yeah, He'd been totally. on set. Yep. Yeah, that was his job initially, and they did that as well. Like when they when they played live, they did have that P Funk ensemble. So many people on stage, all doing so much live instruments mixed in with decks and de- and backup vocalists, and it was a it was a huge party. They really wanted to just bring that vibe. Did I already mention that they toured for twenty years? Every year for yeah. twenty years until they st- until Shock G announced the disbandment of Digital Underground in two thousand and eight. Party, party band, party band, absolutely. Yeah. So I think we had fun with this album. Oh god, it was so much fun. Yeah, so much fun. So uh, oh, this delights me every time you actually like really. Re- I know you really love everything, but when we sort of heard bits and pieces before, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but when you've heard, never heard any, and then you're like, "Oh man, this is so cool!" Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no. that's amazing. Yeah, and I knew knew nothing about him. Brian's hype was enough to get me so excited. Yeah, yeah. He was so passionate about it. And I was just, "Oh man, I want to be that passionate by the end of this." And it was, <laughs> it, was <laughs> it was so cool, and and I, I get why it appeals to him, and it was just. It's, I just love stuff that's not like anything. Yeah, I love stuff that's it, it tinges on things, but it's its own voice. Like you've heard it all and mm. stuff by this stage in your life, but it's nice when you haven't, and it's nice when you, you know, yeah, you, you, yeah. you get to discover something totally cool. That's really good when it's um, something new but not unfamiliar. I mean, you can listen to you can listen to Tibetan yak goat herder. Uh, sorry, <laughs> that might be a bit racist. Uh, <laughs> you can listen to like some Tibetan throat singing stuff or some traditional music, world music. That is just foreign to your ear, mm. and that takes some work to get into. Yeah, sure. This sucks you in. You're in. Oh, yeah. It's very easy to be, and then you get the joy of going, oh, that's a bit cool. Hey, yeah, that's yeah. a bit different. In that regard, it's really, really nice. Yeah. Maybe we should run through some of the tracks. Absolutely. All right. Starting with allegedly the world's best wedding dance song. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, That's I want what go- Brian called it. Like, I want to go to that wedding, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a raunchy wedding. <laughs> That's a heck of a wedding, mate. Yeah. If he's like, you know, the master of ceremonies and giving you the advice you need to get through the night, man, I want to go to that party. That sounds awesome. <laughs> the Humpty Dance. The Humpty Dance. If you want to see a good example of the Humpty Dance, you look up Digital Underground Live. One of the first videos is the Asinio Hall show. Yeah. And it's these guys doing it live. Oh, really? There's only three of them on stage, so Shock G as Humpty. Now Humpty dresses like a pimp with a like a. It's not a Russian hat, but it it like it's a beefy. Like what is that hat? Like it's a furry hat. He's got a furry hat on. Yeah. It's a white furry hat, and he has this big false nose and glasses. 
kind of like a Groucho mask. Yeah. And and so this character of Humpty has this whole backstory. Apparently he got horribly burnt <laughs> in a fry cook accident <laughs> and has this big nose and that's become part of the thing. He does the Humpty dance, a coordinated, well, choreographed. I don't know how coordinated it is. <laughs> dance <laughs> that you can see quite clearly on the Arsenio Hall show. I want to see the bride and groom bust that out at a wedding. Oh my it's god! Just, oh, it's a pretty daggy dance. It's like, totally daggy. But that was that was a uh, that was Humpty's class, man. As he didn't care what he wore, didn't care what he said. Well, he's going. He was going to join up with um, Run DMC, but you know the, the black clothes and the gold chains and the white sneakers, just not really his style. No, no. It's definitely sort of more. Himp is the wrong word for humpy, humpy though. It's, it's kind of like, no, no, no. I mean, he's like the Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> he's so uncool, he's cool. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> but he'll call that out. Yeah, I called you fat. I'm skinny. So what? I love to get down. Let's go. <laughs> totally. He's here for a good time. Those are the lyrics. I should stop trying to quote them. You can't out Humpty the Humpty. Oh, man. This character is my favourite part of the album. It's so good. Because even when they just, even when Shock G just slips into it a little bit, everything lifts. So just for the listeners, Shock G is Shock G, and he Shock G's through this album, but there's a couple of times his alter ego, Humpty, pops his head up. And it, uh, I think it was the, the first time is in... The first time is his MC Blowfish is, is sort of... Is sort of Humpty, and then because that was recorded, yeah, the, the recording times were a bit weird because yeah. they did single singles before they had that release this album. Then there's, then they're all on the, uh, yeah, most of them are on the album. Yep. Uh, so from one one thing I read, <laughs> he did the voice sort of first as MC Blowfish, which is down the track, listeners. That's a treat too, and <laughs> and then and then he did it on Do What You Like. That's right. Yeah. Then what happened was the label went, we love this character. It's a big reaction to it of, yep. yeah, do what you like single. Yeah. Can we have more? They do the Humpty dance. Yeah, right. It becomes legend. It's the last song to go on the album. The character just got more and more fleshed out. And every time he drops into that character, it lifts like. Absolutely. It's more thoughtful. Like it just seems to seems to get Better, uh, yeah. I think his his subject matter changes as well as he gets to sort of. He's got more things, things to say through a different persona. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he's looser and he's comedic as hell. Oh, so good. There's nothing serious about it. I think that might be freeing. Yeah, totally. Is that the vibe? I guess so. Yeah, it's something you have to listen to get your head around as well. Okay, oh, look. Before we go much further, there's concepts on this album. Yes, Humpty was one of them. <laughs> The album's called Sex Packets. Sex Packets. Should we unpack that before we, we get really to the song? Should. Because yeah. like it's okay. it's about it's all the way through the album. Right. So <laughs> Did you see the interview with the doctor? No. Oh yeah, that was cool. Because Digital Underground did a a digital expose of the album. And it was just them in the recording studio and oh, them okay. and them while while G Shock's recording Humpty in the other booth. Wow. So they had this uh the doctor who um was the research and development of the sex packets, and it was meant to be for astronauts in yeah. space who couldn't uh, satisfy themselves in zero zero gravity. Yeah. So they had sex packets, which were it looked like condoms. The sex packets looked like condoms. So it, yeah, it was a little pill and a little bit of paper. It looked like a condom, but you uh, you down these little puppies, and they would give you the full 
sensual sexual experience with the partner of your life, you'd black out. And there's a health advisory warning. Make sure you're not driving a car while you take one because uh, you'll black out and, well, you have a good time, but you might crash into someone. Yeah, and then you wake up and have a postcoital cigarette and, and get oh, – I don't know how the astronauts did that in space. No. But, and then you'd be fully fully ready to get on with the rest of your day. It was, it was all like to relieve your sexual tension while you're in space and then get on with the mission at hand. Absolutely. But the album sort of takes it that it's made it out and into the – into the drug dealing world. That's right. And you can you can just grab a sex packet. And there's dealers on the street. There's guy ones and there's girl ones, and you uh, you pick the girl of your dreams, and and that becomes your real life fantasy. Sex packets, genetic suppression release antidote, GSRA. <laughs> they came up with this massive story behind the sex packets. Yep. And then we like this idea. Can you do more? So they came up with Packet Man, which is another song on the album, which which is sort of the the street dealing of these sex packets. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, really know how to sit here and explain it. Yeah. You have to listen to the album. Yeah, we're not really doing it justice <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> they just lent into the whole idea of sex packets. So that is sprinkled through the whole thing as well. So you've yep. got Humpty, you've got a, a loose collective, you've got mostly Parliament samples, but uh, samples from across across the spectrum, including oh, so like there's a Beastie Boy sample. So there's a contemporary sample for yep. them. You've got... This idea of sex packets that they insisted was true, yeah, and you end up with an album. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's that's it, yeah, and it's not bad. The album, oh, it's sensational. Okay, so yeah. we'll go we'll go back to Humpty. Humpty's a good song. Humpty's a good song. It's a banger. Yep. There's no two ways about it. The video is fun. The song is fun. It's easily the best song on the album. Yeah. Oh, that might be re- re- revealing my hand too early, but maybe, yeah. maybe so. But I think it's pretty, uh, you know, yeah. that bass riff sort of drags into it. You're in the funkiest pit. It's How so good is good. that? Oh, so good. Like, it, the, my, one of my favorite bits is when Humpty starts singing. I want that bass to go. <laughs> <laughs> we just did the worst version of that, and it's so good. Oh, gosh. It's so good. You have to experience Humpty. Do it. That's it. I, I can't explain it any better than that. Yeah, you, d- you definitely haven't seen it before if you haven't seen it before. No. And then you end up with track number two, which is The Way We Swing. It's The Way We Swing. It's The Way We Swing. Which isn't bad. That's it. It's okay. There's a bit of filler on this album. There is. There is a little bit Basically, of Basically anything that isn't Humpty. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not no, like no. that. Nah, th- yeah. It's a uh, throwdown song, really, where the rappers and, you know, you ain't seen this before. And, and to be fair, in the 90s. They hadn't. There's there's a couple of songs. So there's The Way We Swing, Rhyming on the Funk, yep. Freaks of the Industry. Yeah. Are those three songs that are throwdown songs. Shock G and Money B. Shock G's easily better than Money B. Yep. They tend to be sort of just that self-aggrandizing typical yeah. rap. Stuff absolutely like you know. I reckon those three songs are saved by the excellent DJ work and producing of the song. But you could skip those. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's just the sort of thing that's on a rap album. Haven't heard a lot of rap rap albums. Heard a few, Mm. but not a lot. And it's hard to think of an album that doesn't have at least one throwdown song. I guess that's part of rap culture. Is that what Eight Mile is about? I don't know. <laughs> I guess you don't always have like that stellar message to to put forth. There's a lot of content to get out in rap. They're not all winners for sure. Sometimes you're just not on the right right stream of consciousness or whatever it is. But yeah. sometimes stuff just doesn't gel, you know. And and it's all on the lyrics and the story. And sometimes the story's not strong, or the story is just moderately generic. 
It's hard to say what is and wasn't wasn't generic back in these days as well because there's a rap scene for sure and it was coming up and it was getting huge but, like, it was all still developing. I don't know. These guys might have been battle legends. Absolutely. I have no idea. I wouldn't throw down. No. Hell no. No. can barely rhyme my name. I know. (laughs) Tom got it wrong. (laughs) Didn't defuse the bomb. That's it. Those those are the three lines. That's that's it. I'm Tim. I live in a bin. Tim and Bin. Yeah, that's the best they could come up with on the on the school ground was Tim the Bin. I, I must admit, thanks, Mum and Dad, for giving me a name that no one could no one can take the piss out of, which is great. Eminem would have got away with it. Mm, yeah, he would have got me. Yeah, you've got the way we swing and rhyming on the funk. Cool samples, but there's not a lot to unpack on those yeah. songs. Yeah, Money B's not good. Mm. He's not a great rapper. Yeah, no, he's, yeah, it's, it's it's good to change I things actually, up. You know, it's good to yeah. have back and forth. The one thing I will say about Money B is that he has a contrasting sounding voice. Absolutely, yeah. Which you don't always get. No. I mean, you can get these rap collectives. It can be hard to differentiate voices. Yeah, yeah. And a few, and a few of the stories on this, like they do require that back and forth between two uh, two people in the story. So. Cause I know I'm the proof, stealing hide, stinking up the dance floor. Gonna do a freelance for the funk. My friends and all the others in the industry, they wanna get with me. Why is that, man? Maybe it's yeah. my Just for me, it really helps if they've got a, a, quite a contrast in the sound of the voice. Absolutely. So I always like Q-tip stuff. Yep. Because he's got a he's got that higher registered, and I think Money B has a similar sort of sound. Mm. He's not Q-tip, no. though. Uh, Q-tip's awesome. <laughs> Money bees, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Jazz one. This is I thought was just a a nice little sample interlude thing, but you tell me he played plays the piano on that. On that. Yeah, so he's he's basically playing a, a few different piano pieces and just kind of like mixing them together, but like with his fingers on a piano, which is really really cool. Yeah, no, it's just it's just him but laying hang down on, the So studio. he plays the whole thing. Yeah, no, he's just he's just he's just smashing out. That's wild. Yeah. See, it's really easy to to assume that it's all just samples and it's done in the studio. 100%. And, yeah. yeah, no, Shock's not to be underestimated by any stretch of the imagination. He's a, an accomplished musician. It's all part of that um, digital promo for the album. And, yeah, it's just him just laying down just um, some slick piano parts in there. And there's a couple of piano parts all throughout the album as well, and he's, he's done all those as well. So, yeah, no, he's a fully accomplished kind of guy. That's incredible. Listening to this album on its own as an album mm. – we always we always come up against this. We always come up against the story and then the album. Yeah. And I'm still struggling with do we separate it and go, these are the merits of the album, does it hold up to any standards, not does it hold up today. And then you've got the story behind it and the story colours what you feel. Like it's part of the marketing machine. It's part of the how you feel about it. It's like, oh, shit, that is a bit of genius. It sounds like garbage, but apparently this guy's a guru. Absolutely, and I think that's really getting back to the crux of this podcast in the first place. Is like the album is an album. It's a story. It's a progression. It's a it's the whole thing. And this album absolutely is. It's got this story and the theme behind it. And you uh, presented with the cast of characters as you go through and you delve deeper into it. More and more parts keep getting added to the pot. And at the end of it, you've got an, an accomplished representation and a full story. Courtesy of the fact that this is an album and not just a collection of songs crammed together. Oh my god! You've just—we can stop the podcast now. You've just summed up the whole thing. One hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. I had not put that into a, a cohesive sentence, but now I'm just going to oh. save that on my phone and play it whenever I'm not sure what the hell it is we're doing. <laughs> no, that's it, though, isn't it? It's yeah. like whether it happens via accident or via being locked in a room and just having to do it, or however you get there. If you can present this 
thing at the end of it that is a collection that has some cohesiveness to it. I think yeah, that's a good album. Absolutely, and and this album does. It's, it's got chapters. You know, it goes off into separate little sections. It goes up into the next song, which we're about to talk about. It goes off into. Um, well, let's just talk about it. Let's what? talk about the next song. So we got underwater rhymes. Underwater rhymes. Oh, this track might be is one of my so favorite. Good. This <laughs> is so good. Uh, so like we've we've left the the streets uh, of the um, the the drug peddling sex paddocks, and we're at, we're taking a trip. It fathoms just, down. It just goes sideways. Absolutely. So you got the Humpty Dance. You got a couple of a couple of throwdown songs, a jazz interlude, and then all of a sudden we're in the ocean. We're underwater, and we're a bunch of sea creatures rapping our raps. <laughs> Oh, my God, this is just so gold, so hilarious. And uh, we get introduced to the next alter ego, as well as a couple of other ones. Yeah. MC Blowfish. MC Blowfish at the end. Oh, my God. Spitting out fierce rhymes. So, yeah, underwater rhymes is... Again, another one of these ones where he takes on an alter ego and they all of a sudden get more interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a whole story to it now, you know? (laughs) So we're on that. We're on, we've, uh, we're fathoms beneath the ocean, and uh, we're with all the aquatic sea life, and they're they're telling their tales of their version of life on the streets, having to deal with the predators and, and yeah, the people around. It's uh, yeah, it's from a weird perspective, isn't it? Well, it's Finding Nemo before Nemo. <laughs> this life on the reef is dangerous and tough. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. What a cracking song! Ah, oh, it's just gold, and it's it's sampled really well. It's 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 a it's actually a really catchy as hell song. Yeah, without it's really the, cool. Without the fact that it's just completely, you know, about a bunch of starfish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call my homie Moby Dick. <laughs> well, I'm a deep sea gangster, underwater prankster, kissing all the girlfriends, dissing all the shankstars. Because I blew your mind and started to rhyme, doesn't mean that we're cool, because you'll be back next time with a hook and a line, so you can hear that frying sound. I'm telling you I'm down, I'll spin your boat around, leave suckers lost in the bay, you want to play? I'll hook your line to the <laughs> Oh no, here comes that shark again. I guess it better blow up. Oh, that's the best bit. <laughs> it's like it's a vocal representation of blowing a blowfish blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> He's got this. Oh, at the end of it. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah, Chuck G's the best when he's loose. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I guess I better blow up. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if there's any other MC Blowfish stuff. MC Blowfish could be a TV show. There's (laughs) totally baby MC MC Blowfish beats Baby Shark. He'd have like like an afro on and stuff, and just being chilling, gangster. What does a blowfish look like with a fro? <laughs> a frofish. Fro- <laughs> you just killed me. Sorry. I died. I just died. Uh, that's so. a shame because now we have to move on to the next song. <laughs> Which, um, I fear isn't as good. Gutfest 89. Gutfest 89. Now, you come out of underwater rhymes thinking, this is just getting awesome. It's high concept. It's great. And then it starts off with this. News report, yeah. News report about this amazing festival concert that's happening called Gutfest 89. And you think, oh, where's this going to go? And they're talking about the bands and the bill and this. You've got the, the Who playing. The, and <laughs> it, it, it is. It's all cool rock bands. So it's, it's cool a old yeah, rock bands. A multi-band lineup. Righteous Tunes brought by Righteous Bands and uh, obviously The Last Night headed by uh, Digital Underground as well. Mixed in with 
sorted sexual escapades. Oh, it, yeah, it, it goes downhill really quickly. It's not all about the music, let's put it that way. Gutfest is not. Gutfest. It's <laughs> when you work out what Gutfest is. Absolutely. It's just like, oh, oh. That's right. It was 1990. Yeah. You can say all that stuff. Yeah. Then. <laughs> You can't say it now. No. Uh, Needless to say, you wouldn't get away with the things that are described, having naked women in cages, etc. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty misogynistic. And I don't know, would I have enjoyed that in the 90s? Would I? It's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. (laughs) You're right. It is pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. um, It is that unfortunate thing, though, of women and being objects. Indeed. Uh, which comes up a few times in the album. So there's your warning. That's pretty indicative that, of, uh, that, of a 90s of, rap album. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, unless it, you're listening to Will Smith, that's what you're going to get. This is true. Yeah. Then it goes into the, the Danger Zone. Uh, oh, stonking sample. I love the love the beat to this song. Yeah. I, I love the music that goes on. It's, just, it's got that sense of drama. It's a song about, you know, drug awareness to a certain extent. And Yeah, uh, funny, you know, funny, yeah. ironic. Funny, uh, yeah, yeah. Funny, now, you know, yeah, about the dangers of the of taking drugs, basically. The drug that they're pushing, advocating. advocating. That's the word I was looking at. The That's drug what? that they're advocating, sex packets, just gives drug. just gives you an orgasm and, and knocks you out for a couple of minutes. That's right. And then you wake up and you can go about your day and get on with things. That's right. Whereas danger zone is like the other side. Man, of it. you really got to watch what you're doing. Absolutely. Yep. Stay off the pipe. It's going to ruin your life. Can't you feel the tension? Ever heard the word prevention? Well, you really need to pay attention. You only need a little bit. So you want another hit? Call emergency on the telephone. You're in the danger yeah, zone. That, that's, that feels to me is the most political song on this album. For sure. It's a great tune. I, yeah, I really love the music behind it as well. And, and it's just yeah, putting his message forward. Yeah, nice that he could slip that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Then you get into Freaks of the Industry. They're the freaks. Uh, yeah, we really sort of spoke about that being a bit of a filler track again. Yeah. I want to talk about these filler songs and and just the throwdown because it's such a big part of rap yeah. albums and rap culture. And does it come from rap battling and just having a big note yourself? What I guess so. And the thing I do like about this, it's a funny album because it was not funny, but it's like the good thing about this album is there's not a lot of – crassness to it you know there's a lot of sexual innuendos and all that kind of stuff but like they're not really they, they're quite nice young men they're not very potty mouth they don't really call out people in particular unless it's Vanessa Williams and and uh wanting to do her which is obviously at the time was appropriate um <laughs> okay I guess their throwdowns are not nasty throwdowns they're just big up in themselves a bit and I think that's yeah because they okay was, that was their thing they were hard to pigeonhole they were hard to sort of you know and they spend a lot of that time Trying to tell you what Digital Underground's all about. Yeah. 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 It's got a good, everything's got a good, like, if you're not down with the lyrics, everything's got a good sample. Everything's a good mix. If you think they went high concept with the sex packets and the Humpty Dance and and more. (laughs) (laughs) I have to do it. I love it. That's so good. They have gone just as deep with the samples. Yeah. And the producing on this album, it's 
I don't know how to sort of talk much more about it except to say that it's really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. Like it's high quality. It's better than a lot of the rap stuff you know through osmosis or you might love because they're classics. It's God, it's good sampling. And it's got all those real grainy LP proper samples coming through here as well and it adds this this depth and dimension to it. Like Freaks the Industry whilst it's – you know, a song just talking about how they're freaks the industry, but at the same time, the sample behind it is just sick. Just a total sick bass line behind it. And, and it's bass. just got that. Oh. Man, if you like bass, this oh, is a man. bassy album. There's so much cool stuff on here. Real juicy stuff. I'm going lick for lick, so give me the helmet. I'll be the stunt man. Just relax. And I won't front like Anita. I'm giving you the best that I got, and I'll be taking it slow. Never missing a spot. Yes. Caressing your back with just a chest. kissing on my front. It does have a large, a large section where, he, where he's talking about how you should have sex with a woman. Uh, when your mates are next door. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, when you set that up so they can't come in and bust you, and uh, and then when you walk out, you're just like, yeah, man, I'm a freak. Yo, <laughs> It's a quick summary. It's not the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I am not doing Shock G justice at all. No, no, we're definitely too white for that action. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, she's followed up by Do What You Like, which was their... First, first video, s- first video single. Yep. Uh, do what you like. Super cool. It is a super cool, mm. and it's just all about doing what you like, being who you are. Yeah, moderately successful. The Humpty Dance was their biggest hit ever. Yeah, yeah. And it was top ten in the rap charts, top ten in the actual charts, I think, or yep. eleven, and is the thing that put them on their map. Mm. But do what you like is uh, is like a fun. Jam. I dare say, you know, the MTV was really starting to break out back in the day. So the first thing most people would have seen would, have, if they didn't hear it on the radio, would have been the film clip. Yeah, which just looked like the best fun ever. There's know? a there's a pool. Yep. There's people jumping in the pool. There's limos. There's just a party. There's opulence. There's, there's just just people doing what they like. Celebrities and yeah, yeah, all mixed in with Homegirls, for once, forget you got class. See a guy you like, just grab him in the biscuits. And do what you, like. you can do what you like anyway. Yep. I think that was the message. That's pretty much it. I they mean, said like, it enough. They did. <laughs> they did. They did. It is, it is quite repetitive. They do, do want to like. rock and roll all night and party every day. Mm. That's the song. Do what you like. Uh, you know, within reason. Yeah. Yeah. Watch out for the danger zone. Indeed. But do what you like. But do what you like. <laughs> we don't judge. Packet prelude. Cool, more cool tinkling. On the piano. Then sex packets. Sex packets. Man, have we talked? Oh, it's smooth. That's a smooth it's jam. It's a smooth jam. It's very, very cool. Real nice. Sex packets, a dollar or two. Just tell me how many for you this time. This time. This time. Okay, Sex Packets is the smooth yes. jam on this on the album. And it gives you the rundown of what the Sex yeah. Packets is all about. Yeah. You can do the Sex Packets. You should. <laughs> I, I think Sex Packets would be an amazing thing to have around. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sensational. According to the drugs mythology, <laughs> there isn't... Uh, if, you, if your lady ain't getting none, it's not cheating. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, oh, I'll take that. I'll have a quick lay down, yep. and then I'll get on with my day. Yeah, totally. That sounds pretty cool. It does. Yeah. I think ladies would enjoy that. Well, there's men there's men sex packets as well as women sex packets. 
They don't discriminate. Everyone gets to have a good time. On the Sex Packets. That's right. Sex Packets is a good song. Listen to it. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Love Sex Packets. That's so good. Then there's the street scene, which is another interlude. Then Packet Man. Yeah. Excuse me, Trooper. Will you be needing any packets today? Yo, Bree, don't be pulling on my jacket, okay? Cool. Just trying to get your attention so you can take a look at this invention. Now, beat these. I got some more in my jacket. Man, what are these? Condoms? Uh-uh, sex packets. It's like a pill. You can either chew it up or like Packet Man, sort of the sleazier side to sex packets. Again, really cool samples. Yep. It's another good song because it's got a story to it. Yep. And these are the ones I enjoy and probably why I'm, I steer away from just the big noting songs. Yep. I don't think it makes me uncomfortable, but I just enjoy having a story. Yeah. The big noting songs and just the general rap, typical rap song stuff. This is how cool I am. Check out my flow. I'm better than everyone else. It gets a little dull after a while. And yeah. these other these other songs, the Humpty Dance, the Underwater Rhymes, the, the sex packet duo songs, yeah, they're just so much more engaging and listenable. Absolutely. Because they they tell a story. And it does, it does. It picks up that album and it takes you into, continues on the theme, but it's a whole new theme, the next chapter. Yeah. I just just keep thinking of this album as like a novel. Yeah. You're opening it up, takes you to another part of the story somewhere else and... Yeah, it's, it's just great. It's absolutely gold, and it doesn't lose you anywhere, and they don't use up all their ideas in the first four songs. They've got so much to go with on this album. It's bigger than you initially think. Yeah. You sort of go, oh, it's the Humpty Dance. Okay, cool. Where's this going? Yeah. And you can't predict it. No. You you get <laughs> you get what you're given, and it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's get into best song, Tim. Uh, oh, Hump Dance is so good. It really is amazing. I just I love everything about it, everything we touched on before. I love the persona that was created. It's so unusual. His character is just gold. You, you just have to listen to it. You have to watch the video. Yeah, yeah, kids, be like Humpty. Be like Humpty. Man, you know, forget forget your Gary V's and your, and your, and your Jordan Petersons and, and all these people you're trying to be like and take advice from, be like Humpty. Have a big nose and don't care. I'm skinny. I don't mind. Yeah. Do what you like. Be Humpty. That's right. I have to concur, but just to throw a bit of flavour in, I'm going to go with Underwater Rhymes. Underwater Rhymes. It's just for MC Blowfish at the end. So it is so good. Yeah. Oh, here comes that stupid shark again. I guess I better blow up. Oh. It's just so engaging. I love it. Yeah. 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 Underwater rhyme. And the rhyming's really slick as well. Just again, a- because they're trying to tell a story. Absolutely. They've, they've got things to say about instead yeah. of repeating the same ideas. It might be my only problem with rap. Uh, okay. Worst songs. Hard. It is hard. Like, I don't have a song that I just listen to and go, bleh. There were those couple of songs at the beginning of the album, uh, The Way We Swing, Where We Swing and Rhyming on the Funk. I don't hate them. There's just thrown down. I get the point of it because it, it sets you up, tells you a little bit about, not, you know, we've started with Humpty, we know about him now, but now we know a little bit about Digital Underground. And that's cool and it sets it up, but it just, there's yeah. so many other songs on this album that are just so enjoyable and exciting and they go in different places and I just sort of think these two, you know, I will say, like, I was almost metaphorically in my head reaching for the skip button. Yeah. wasn't because I have to listen to the album. <laughs> yeah. But you would. You'd get an explanation. Yeah. you get, we do this because. Yep. And that would stay my hand. I'd yeah. be like, oh, okay, cool. That's what I mean. Like, there wasn't a song on this that I would skip. We always find a song 
that we kind of go, you know. God, yeah. There's always a song on each album, but like this one, they're all so different and weird and fantastical and the 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 sampling's sick and the music's awesome and even on the songs that are a little bit sort of lacklustre, they're, they're still amazing. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to actually say yeah. Roman on the Funk, yep. despite the Parliament uh, sample, yeah, it's okay. Yep. Uh, it, I think maybe because it comes straight after the way we swing. Yep. It's not my favourite. Yep. That's about it. Would I skip it? Mm, not if I was just listening to it on my own. Well, that's the, that's the point of the album, isn't it? Yeah. It's something you're going to put on and listen to from start to finish. That is it. That is it. Uh, yeah, no, I think I'd leave it on there. You will keep finding little bits and pieces because it is denser yep. than you them first blush, <laughs> you will keep finding little bits and pieces like, oh, I didn't hear that before. Oh, There's man, so that much. bass is so fat. Like, like it's all wow. Yeah. I have to concur, and like, uh, not that I'm trying to get combative here because it makes better podcasts, <laughs> but but when you're right, you're right. Mm. Like, yeah, it, it's it's cool. The big reveal at the end, do, 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 is this staying on your listening device of choice, Tim? And not only is it staying on, but I'm digging deeper. I want to get into these boys. This has been such a great album and I want to find out. I want to see more adventures of Humpty. I want to see MC Blowfish make a comeback. Oh, man. I don't know yet. I don't but know I'm, if he I'm, does. I'm on my way to find out. Look, uh, well, what I'm going to say then is I'm going to make room in my life for other things. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> but when you find that next MC Blowfish song, yeah. I want to know about it straight away. We'll find out. Yeah. It's a treat. Yeah. What a what a joy of an album. I, and I would never have ever picked this up no. had I not been It t- looks like, even if you just picked to. up the, the front cover it looks of the like album. looks like a Boys to Men album. I was just about to say that. It looks like a Boys to Men album. I'd never look at that in a record store and go, yep, I'll check that one And out. then you look at it and you go, sex, sex packets. packets. Boys to Men have got a bit racy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a blue space age condom thing on the front cover. What's that all yeah, about? Yeah, maybe if yeah. I was feeling, a, if I had been a bit eagle-eyed on the day, I would have gone, "What the heck is that?" Yeah, no. But would I still have bought it? Uh, I, not in the nineties. I funds were limited. I had things to buy. Yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> These, this is a, uh, it's a side effect of today's music. That is, I guess, is positive. Is that you can have access to and everything. Yeah. And back when we were buying albums in the golden age of our listening, that was just impossible. Oh, there was nothing more disastrous than liking a song and then going and buying the whole album for $32 and going, well, the rest of the album shit. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, sex packets is great. Go get yourself some sex packets and get yourself sex packets. Absolutely. <laughs> That's such a good album. Yeah, you've never heard it before, so go have a listen to it. It's so good. Yeah. All right. Catch you later. Tim. Catch you later, Tom. Thanks, guys. Also, go and listen to World's Greatest Con Season 2. It drops now. It drops today. I'm going to release this on the same same day. Absolutely. So, uh, yes, get your head around that. It will be awesome if you like con swindles and all that stuff. And you can email albumspod at gmail.com. If you email, you can have two people listen to an entire album of your choosing. Absolutely. You can make us do it. We we will do it. Uh, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it and we will probably find it delightful. Absolutely. Unless it's garbage. That's right. Mm. And we'll tell you, rightly. <laughs> uh, with that, it's good night from me and it's good night from him. Bye. Bye. Bye.